Hey everybody, this is Chad with I Want to Know. I'm here with my friend Kim Chiel, who's a performer, a director, an instructor, a content creator, and an author. How's it going? Good, good, thanks. How are cool. you? Cool. I, uh, I met Kim. Um, you were uh, teaching my daughter acting classes mm-hmm. and theater classes mm-hmm. um, with uh, Torchlight Theater. Mm-hmm. You guys are still doing that from what I understand. Um, we're taking a little bit of a break, but I do it elsewhere as well. So I'm still doing it, and I think Torchlight's just... Taking a breather. Awesome, mm-hmm. yeah. I, uh, I'm i a little disappointed that Torchlight um, is taking a bit of a break. Yeah, me I, too. I miss the, uh, I miss the plays <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. but I understand uh, finding a good space for theater is difficult to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it really is an airdry, especially. Yeah, there's just not a lot of venues, and everything here is like so crazy expensive. Well, eh? that's, that's the thing. You know, it kind of, we get limited. We're told that art has to be community-driven, but we're limited by the scope <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I mean, I love Burt Church Life Theater. I work there, um, but it, it is difficult to have a city-funded theater competing against community-based theater and the city themselves saying, oh, but art has to come from the community. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird hamster wheel. So what's the, um, I guess, what's the, why are they so competing? Why can't they run together? Well, I don't know that answer to that question, but I think that every community should have uh, various levels of theater experiences as the audience and as a actor or crew member. You need to have that that hobbyist level where you work a day job and you're just doing this because you love doing it, but you don't necessarily, you just want the community, you don't want to make the money because that's not what drives you. And then you need that, I don't know if it's mid-level but you need that kind of emerging where you have people like me or Chelsea or some other people um, where, uh, you know, you, you want to, this is your career. You spent thousands of dollars getting a degree on this and yeah. you'll be damned if you don't get it anywhere. <laughs> uh, and then you need that professional level that, that where the emerging people, where they always have a place to strive to. Yeah. So you, you need it all, but they also need to work cohesively as well. And it's... And Alberta, the industry, uh, as far as professionals, is not that strong either, No, right? it's such a new province for that. Yeah. Young, I should say, not new. Um, nothing's really been established, and it's not the nature of what Alberta is. Alberta is oil. Blue-collar, <laughs> yeah. hard-working. Yeah, boom-bust, no time for entertainment. They don't see how entertainment feeds the soul just as much as it puts food on the plate kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and Airdrie especially is victim to that because it, it's grown so quickly. I mean, ever since its inception, yeah. it's always been a fast grower in terms of population, in terms of innovation and stuff, but yeah. we haven't been catching up. So just so listeners know the the town that, that we live in, Airdrie, I moved here in two thousand four and I think mm-hmm. there was eight or nine thousand people in town. Mm-hmm. Um and we are in two thousand eighteen right mm-hmm. now and we have nearly seventy thousand yeah. people. Yeah. So this was the fastest growing city it in was, Canada. It was first settled in around nineteen oh one and it became a village in nineteen oh eight. So it's been a hundred years. So time. yeah. And it's always had that unprecedented growth. So wow. um there's no reason to to have our leaders go, oh, we don't know what to do because this has never happened before because it's always mm. happened. Yeah. <laughs> but arts is usually the thing that, that suffers. Yeah. It's the last thing on people's minds, right? Mm-hmm. We're always looking at the um, financial, financial mm-hmm. aspect. And mm-hmm. if we're going to give our money away to something, it's mm-hmm. usually to a charity as opposed mm-hmm. to an art project. Which, which I'm, like, I don't want to go head to head against someone and, you know, say one is more viable than the other. Cause you know, you look at charities and they feed people, like they actually feed people, they clothe people, they clean people, yeah. but there is 
tons of studies that say a community grows best when it and, and it it envelops culture and heritage and all that stuff. So I 100 agree. Yeah, it, we just it's just easy to forget about that when we think about the the dire needs, the right. immediate needs. And yeah. I get it. I'm a starving artist. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> well, hopefully for not long, you, uh, <laughs> you're, you're directing mm-hmm. and you're teaching mm-hmm. and you, you've got a book out there, I understand. A couple of books. Yeah. Cool. What yeah. are the books? Well, I have a children's book out called Always Together and it was illustrated by uh, Liz Hall, who's a local tattoo artist. Okay. Uh, so we got together a couple of years ago and did this really, um, rudimentary is not the right word, but, um, basic children's book it's for young ages but it's it's um about life with a dog cool. and the life cycles of a dog yeah um so we have that and, and then where can I, they find the books that one's on blurb okay um i'm making notes so i yeah. can put this on afterwards <laughs> i can get you the link too perfect um and i've written an anthology called stories of a city which may or may not be about Adrian cough cough <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that one, it's on its first, uh, um, I guess, release. So there's some typos and stuff. That's kind of embarrassing, but editing is a lot of money when you're just an independent author. Yeah. Um, but it's an anthology of 10 stories. Some of them, most of them are true-ish. And yeah. one of them or two of them is just a fabrication. Okay. And then I've written the first book of a trilogy called uh, Gwen and Arthur. And it's about a girl who is transported back to the past through the Stonehenge, through Stonehenge, and cool. she is, in fact, Guinevere. Nice. So it's called the Queen of Camelot series, and I'm, you know, totally working on the second book as we speak. <laughs> it's about halfway done the first draft. I just got like, there's a lot of things going on. I got to compartmentalize. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, when uh, like you said, starving artist yeah. out there, you're you're working on as many things as you can, mm-hmm. trying to fill up your day and, yep. and still make ends meet. Right? Well, and as anyone who's self-employed understands that, I think the feeling that if you're not working, if you're not actively doing something that seems like working, you're not contributing. So it's it plays this weird mental Olympics with your game. Absolutely, so, yeah. Mind, not game. I'm a super. Um, scheduled guy like I have to schedule my workouts I have to yeah. schedule everything in for myself so you do that for yourself um uh, not chapter and verse in that way I have like you should see my day timer from last week I had all these things that I had to do but I don't necessarily dictate when it has to happen okay. it just says these just are things like that list. you need to do kind yeah. of thing because uh, things always come up right and you've always got to if I'm if I do a list, I get really obsessed about it, yeah. and if I don't finish it, then that deteriorates my my self worth and yeah, stuff. So yeah. it's a it's a really funny game that that you that I have to do anyway. Yeah, I had to uh, I had to do it because I would put low priority on it if I didn't schedule yeah, it. Totally. So when something comes up and I got to look and like, well, is that more important than this? Because mm-hmm. I otherwise everything just gets pushed to the side yeah. for me. So I, yeah. I really focus on. You know, like I have my podcast schedule, obviously, and my work schedule, my workout schedules. And then when someone says, oh, hey, can we go for coffee? I'm like, I'm working out. You can come work out with me. Uh, You know, but I won't I won't put off the really, really important things unless, of course, it's like, uh, you know, my kids always get priority over my workouts and over my coffees and and stuff like that if if they, they really, really need me. But. For me, it was a game changer. Google calendars, absolute See, game changer. I can't do it. So I have like Google calendars. I put that in there for our invitation I do for some meetings, but I need to have it on paper. Okay. I have to have that physical act of writing it down. And it, it, it's the same with my writing too. I can't just sit at the computer and type away. I mean, I do sometimes with some of my spec stuff that I do for my classes. Yeah. 
but if I'm writing like my drafts or if, um, like I'm working on a one woman show, all every book that I've read or written, it has to be by hand and then typed up. I know it. I, my friend makes fun of me. She's like, you're just creating an extra step. I'm like, and I realize that, Yeah. but I I have to, it's just, I can't The textile part of it, just the the hands on part of it. Yeah. I think that's so, well, I mean, it is what it is and we all have our different ways and I recognize that it creates an extra step for me, but it, there's a distinct difference in the level of shit that I create versus awesome that I create versus, you know, and when I'm sitting at the computer, it feels more forced. Wow. It doesn't feel as organic. Yeah. And if it's getting your, if it helps with your creativity, it gets you in the right cadence so that you're, you know, sometimes typing goes way faster than writing. Well, it does go way faster than writing, Mm -hmm. uh, but that doesn't allow you for that time to think Mm -hmm. and time to, so yeah, Mm -hmm. that's very cool. I've been seriously, I've had an idea for a book in my head for about eight years. Just do it. I know. (laughs) It's, uh, again, trying to, I have to put it in a calendar (laughs) say, hey, go write at this time for this There's an app actually that you could use that I sometimes use, but I ignore it most of the time. Yeah. And it tracks your, you say, this is, I want to finish it by such and such a date and I want to have such and such words. Um, and it tells you how many words you have to write in the day oh, to wow. make that goal. And then you can set up to give you reminders and yeah. everything like that. I heard of one called, um, I think it's called Scrivener or something like that. Oh, yeah, like yeah. That. That's like, that's software. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. To, to help you write and to yeah. organize your thoughts. And yeah. it's almost like, a, uh, what's it called? Those little sticky notes yeah, on yeah, there? Post-its I, and yeah, post-its. I, I haven't used that one, but I've used, oh, shoot. I forget what it's called. Back when I had my Mac, it was another kind of software that I bought. But the thing is, that's not how I write. Yeah. Like, I write start to finish. Okay. Like, I don't. And sometimes I don't necessarily think beyond, like, the relationship and stuff like that. I don't think of the the family tree or anything like that with the, the current ones that I'm running anyway. So it, it that kind of a tool is just a little bit too much for me. So yeah. I just write start to finish. And then when I edit, I kind of move around okay yeah so how much time do you spend writing like what's what do you track the time it takes to write a book um no because it varies i did i did gwen and arthur took me i started it in november and i released it the following march so i released it when the kids were doing robin hood yeah so i think that was Two that years was ago now? One of the plays that you directed for yeah. Torchlight. Yeah. With, uh, so I wanted to release it at the same time because it was young adult, it was swashbuckling kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, so I'd spent I did my first draft handwritten November, December. I finished December twenty eighth or thirty first or something like that. And then I typed it out. And then I kind of made the changes I added about twenty thousand extra words. Because I the there's a like a limit, you say typically a young adult is 75 to 80,000 words. Typically your first novel should only be such and such. But you have these new authors that are writing $120,000 or like, $120,000 word stuff and like publishers won't... Rolling and yeah, but publishers, kind of they say, won't look at them just because like, who are they to write this? Oh, you know, it's like a prestige thing. Like, well, almost if, you, that if, you I've been, pres- if you haven't put anything out yet, yeah, we don't want to really pay Exactly. Attention. It's really hard to get anything. Mm-hmm. So that's why I've self-published. Um, so yeah, so then I, I went through it again and then I sent it to three different people so they could do their feedback and yeah. then I did it. So you're writing, producing, editing, kind of everything yourself? Well, I had my friends edit. I would love to be able to pay an editor cause it's their job to do it cause they know what they do. Yeah. 
but right now I'm strapped. So, yeah. I mean, that's why you get a literary agent who then gets you a publisher because all that falls under their purview. Yeah. But then there's other things that, yeah. can, you know, creative control that they get to and stuff like that. I'm trying to think what his name is. Um, Henry Rawlings. I was listening to um, podcasts with him and mm-hmm. he's uh, an author and a photographer and that kind of stuff. And he self, I mean, he isn't always, but I believe he self publishes now because of what the publishers are taking. Like, I don't know, 75, 80% of what, <laughs> what yeah. you, the effort you put into, yeah. which in a, in a really um, popular book. That's fine because sure. you're yeah. still taking away a buck exactly. a load of money, right? Exactly. But if you're not that known artist yet, then it's a little bit. Um, the problem there, like, there's always pros and cons to every to every decision that 100%. you make, and the the thing with self publishing, what I'm not good at yet, and what I need to focus, what I think I'm going to focus a little bit of 2019 on, or actually a lot of 2019, <laughs> is to market myself because right now my books have only been read by my circle, so yeah. I'm not very successful that way, right? Like, success is measured by. How many how many people you see outside your circle if you can get them to read it? In my opinion, anyway. Yeah. So it's like I'm super successful. My mom reads my books. Actually, my mom <laughs> doesn't really like my books, but <laughs> see, and I, I look at it from a different level. I think you're super successful because you wrote the book. Like it has <laughs> yeah, to start that's true. somewhere. Yeah, right? that's fair. That that's not a small yeah. task by any means. Is to yeah. sit down and write. If no one's reading it yet, it just yeah. means you're not reading it yet. Yeah. You know, to to sit down and write. Three now is that what you yeah. said? Three books, yeah. Uh, plus a couple more that you've already got yeah. in your mind going yeah. out is that to me is success. That's I should remember that because I'm always like, well, I haven't done this, and everyone I've said says you finished it, Kim. <laughs> that that's it, right? I think people. It's imposter syndrome, though, right? It's a, like a whole part of that. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that uh, it was one of my kind of holdbacks from doing this. I had my equipment to do a podcast mm-hmm. for about a year and a half. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do for content? And what am, yeah. Who am I going to have on? And it, it just seemed like I was putting too mu- putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. Where I was putting yeah. too much effort into something that didn't matter. Because if you're not doing it, none of the other stuff matters. Yeah. Yeah. But as soon as you start doing it, you're like, oh, okay, well, we're into it now. And so what am I going to do to promote myself? Yeah. And then what do I get to the next guest? What am I going to do mm-hmm. when I don't have a guest? And, yeah. and worry about those problems as they come up. But yeah. If you don't start writing, if you don't start recording, if yeah. you don't start, then then it's nothing. Well, that's I have a couple things. So I had three goals for 2018, and they all ac- were actualized, which is great. Nice. So um, now it's moving on to 2019 and saying, okay, what, where can I go? So I'm doing a one woman show that I'm going to hope to get into Calgary Fringe, and even if I don't get into Calgary Fringe, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it produced. I'm gonna do it like that's the thing that I'm gonna do. Um, I also want to do a podcast. I've been drawn to doing podcasts because cool. I have a face for radio and I have a really good <laughs> voice for radio true. too. <laughs> the voice is fantastic. <laughs> so I want to kind of see if I can get into audiobooks or yeah. podcasting. And I'm, I really, I really want to do drunk book reports or drunk book reviews. Mm, I'll be on the podcast doing that. <laughs> we'll just drink a bottle of rye and start talking about a book. <laughs> so it's funny because I thought that in 2018, um, I was going to be dry because, um, this is, this is, it can be quite personal. But I don't really care. I'm on the bariatric surgery program because yeah. I have PCOS. And if you don't know what PCOS, it means polycystic ovarian syndrome. Yeah. And it means that most women, it's a, it's a woman thing. Sorry, dudes. It's okay. um, <laughs> uh, most women who have that um, are large and they have a hard time losing the weight just because of all the hormones and stuff. Yeah. Um, which is why I could spend five days a week. I could, you know, do all these things and would see no result. Yeah. Um, so my doctor put me on the bariatric path 
And uh, so, what's the bariatric? Path? It's like weight loss surgery. Okay. So there's three different surgeries you could do. I'm still in the process of like meeting with my psychiatrist and talk about that stuff. So they yeah. talk to a psychiatrist and nutritionist all before like. It's a, it's a lifestyle change. And they were like, well, we can't ethically say how much alcohol a person can drink after the surgery because everything changes, right? Your absorption right. level is different. So yeah. they just we just recommend that you don't drink. Yeah. And so I knew that going in. I was like, well, you know, January 1st, I'll just stop drinking. <laughs> and I made it till my birthday oh. on Halloween. <laughs> and I don't know about anyone else, but I cry a lot on my birthday. <laughs> and I said, fuck it, I'm drinking. Yeah. <laughs> and I drank. Uh-huh. So... No, I'm drinking again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I should uh, give that a caveat that I don't, I'm not like one of those people that need to drink with everything, but yeah. I just like drinking. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. I, my, well, you know my wife, Nicole, she's a yeah. holistic nutritionist, yeah. and so she quit drinking probably three or four months ago, and she didn't drink a lot, but mm-hmm. you know, maybe two Saturdays, she'd have a couple bottles of wine and yeah. you know, the odd drink during the week um, if something was going on, Yeah, but uh, she couldn't get to her goal either, so yeah. she's like, okay, I'm done. I know what alcohol does to the body. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm not quite done yet. I, I Well, I and for can't. me, I didn't see anything. So it was like, I'm depriving myself and it's not working anyway because nothing works. Yeah. I mean, I worked at Heritage Park and I was on my feet and I love, I loved, it was like the best job ever. And so I'm making 10,000, 15,000 steps a day just doing my job. Yeah. And I started seeing changes. But wow. the second I stopped doing that. The changes like, stopped. Yeah. And you have like, it's. It's very difficult to do everything that I need to do in a day and still do 10 to 15,000 steps, which you need to do. Like that's, you know, and I, and then with, you know, can't afford spending any, like it, here's controversial maybe, but (laughs) health is for the, for the rich, you know, like fitness and stuff. It's, it's for the, those who can afford it. I'm going to argue with you and I don't argue with my guests very often, but (laughs) hit me, we can have a uh, debate. I was going to say date. (laughs) Um, so there, there's a couple things with that. We, we, we were focused really, really heavily on health in our family and, mm-hmm. and exercise yes. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. For us, we do it pretty reasonably. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole foods is, is really, really cheap to do mm-hmm. in the most case because you get so much for what you're mm-hmm. going to do. And it takes a while when I switched from, uh, you know, and I didn't do a lot, but I was eating processed foods and mm-hmm. chips and stuff like that. And we cut that stuff out slowly out of our diet. Mm-hmm. You know, I started adding stuff like Zevia mm-hmm. and, and Truvia and, and, this is sponsored by Zevia Trivia. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> if you happen to be listening, we're open for sponsorship, just so you know. Um, was, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, we've got to do that. <laughs> Sorry. Doing these small changes, and uh, we've compared with other families in town with mm-hmm. what we're spending on food, and mm-hmm. we're below them with just the healthy foods. Yeah. And then the exercise stuff, um, I would... You know, the fit for less, it's $10 a month. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy cheap. Or, okay. what you know, um, I, I did this to my mom when she was trying to lose weight. As mm-hmm. I said, just start a Facebook walking page mm-hmm. and then just get yourself every whatever. You're mm-hmm. going to walk with a group of people. Mm-hmm. And now you have accountability. You know, yeah. you have all I dog people. walk, so that helps too with Beautiful, me. So, I, like, yeah. you know, I'm not just sitting on my butt because nothing's working. I just, yeah. you can do what you can do. Um, yeah, the, the nice because I I had a analysis I guess with Nicole a couple a while ago, mm. but um, the even shittier part with everything else is that I can't eat certain foods that most people can eat when they're trying to eat healthy. Yeah. So I would have loved to have gone vegetarian or at least mostly vegetarian. Yeah. Can't have black beans. Can't have kidney beans. Yeah. Can't have lettuce. Can't have quinoa. Oh. There's a lot of things that. I just, I can't digest. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's very discouraging then too, to be like, Hey, I'm yeah. going to eat a healthy lifestyle. 
Except now I'm sick. <laughs> Except now I'm sick. <laughs> Except now I'm sick. Yeah. So, I mean, but there are, like, there's huge changes. I mean, I I just moved, and my friend, like, she actually cooks. I just, I don't like cooking. I yeah. hate cooking. It's not something that, but she does. So now I actually have meals. And nice. Instead of going, like, a million hours, be like, oh, my God, I haven't eaten in a million years. I'm going to eat my face off if I don't eat something now. And now is never a good time to. That's so important because I was doing that to myself, too. So I wasn't eating very much, and I was staying super active, mm-hmm. and I was gaining weight and gaining weight and gaining weight. Yeah. And then um, Nicole put me on that you have to eat breakfast. Yeah. So I said That's it earlier. the hardest thing, hey? It was. It was yeah. horrible. But now it's at the point now when my eyes open in the morning, I'm like, I go eat. Like yeah. it just, I'm, I'm yeah. so into that now that I completely changed. So I get up at five o'clock in the morning. Uh, I come and my, I start work. I leave for work at six o'clock in yeah. the morning. And so I get an hour to eat, yeah. prep my lunch, uh, you know, wash whatever prepare for my yeah. day um so i get up at 5 five fifteen, and i get that all done but uh um the the healthy foods for me or i shouldn't even say the healthy foods the just putting in the nutritious foods mm-hmm. in the morning mm-hmm. completely changed and right away i started dropping it. because most people go oh, i don't eat very much why am i gaining weight because your you're body not eating enough it's so it's you. so counterproductive right because you see so society it it's all about starve 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 yeah. starve and and you know I I have to have at least twenty to thirty grams of protein in in the morning. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, that's so much food. It is so much food. <laughs> we we had the discussion this morning, so I'm off this week from my regular job, yeah. and um, I got stuck at a at a weight that I couldn't get below. Yeah. And so I'm like, what am I doing wrong? We're looking through my journal, like where am I at? And yeah. then we calculated everything. Um, well, I use the Fit for Less, so it calculated it for me. And I looked, and she's like, you're not eating enough carbs. I'm like, yeah, but carbs are. Bad. I was told that too, and I'm like, uh, uh, have you have you seen me? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right? It's so but it tells your brain when you're full for me. Well, it's it's telling you when you're full, but it's also the fuel. Mm-hmm. So if you don't fuel your body properly, then yeah. your body goes, Okay, we're not letting go of anything yeah. because we don't have enough coming in. Yeah. So then it just holds and holds and holds and holds yeah. and you have to retrain like it's okay. I'm yeah. gonna get you everything you need and, and you can start letting go of the <laughs> yeah. stuff we don't need and <laughs> yeah. move on. And so I did um uh, last week I'd, I'd up my carbs a little bit mm-hmm. and then I dropped another two pounds. So I oh. broke my barrier. Yeah. And uh, so this week I'm like, okay, I got lots of time to work out yeah. and I'm going to up my carbs. So I'm doing a full 50% carbohydrates. Wow. It's like 233 yeah. grams or something like that. Then mm-hmm. I'm still pretty low uh, calories. Uh, yeah. I'm like 1,850 calories unless I work out. Yeah. So the days that I work out, whatever my workout equals to, I yeah. try to get that in as well. Uh, but it's it's a lot of food. It's a yeah. crap ton of food. Yeah. And it's like you have to commit your life just to eating sometimes. You do. Yeah. 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 Like I got to get up yeah. earlier than normal because I got to yeah. eat and I got to yeah. prep a good lunch and stuff yeah. like that. So um, you know what? You know, it's really frustrating right now is that I for um, my breakfast right now, I'd love to have cottage cheese with fruit yeah. and I have um, squirrely bread for I that love carb. Bread, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Hey, um, so it's impossible to find lactose free cottage cheese. Mm. I found it once at Savon yeah. at Cooper's. And then I went the other day to the Savon at King's Heights. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Come on. Because it's the easiest and it's actually not gross. Right. Like I just mix it with fruit and then, because it's, you only need, what is it, like half a cup to get. Your protein and your fat that you need. Especially because Squirrely has a lot of protein as well. So between the two of them. That's one thing I've never (sighs) never been able to do is cottage cheese and fruit. I don't know why. So one time, I'll tell you a story. I was in college and um, my friend was like, why don't you just have 
cottage cheese and applesauce. Yeah. Well, you put it in a diaper and you can mistake it for baby <laughs> diarrhea. <laughs> so, <laughs> but my 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 mom has this. I don't think it's a family recipe, but it's certainly a recipe that we had yeah. on the high holidays. And you fold it in uh, cottage cheese with whipped cream, like mm-hmm. Cool Whip. Yeah. <laughs> so, quote unquote, whipped cream. Yeah. <laughs> and um, um, peach jello powder. Okay. And you stir it all together. Yeah. And then you also add peaches, like you cut up sliced peaches. Yeah. And then you fold that all in and then you refrigerate it for whatever, an hour for it to set. Yeah. And then you, you know, if you want to do a nice presentation, you put whole peach slices just to make it look like a little flower. Yeah. And that was a main course salad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh the eighties were a fun time, weren't they? <laughs> exactly. Well my parents still believe in the the Canadian food guide that you know you have oh, to have yeah. mostly bread and pasta. Right? Yep. And yep. just because they've been so indoctrinated yep. with that and yeah, I'm teaching. Well, my mom has. Um, uh, we put her on an anti candida diet, mm. and she ended up dropping like 35 pounds, like yeah. really, like over five months or something yeah. like that, um, because uh, she was just overrun with all those breads and sugars and yeah. yeasts and stuff. Yeah, like that. Yeah. She couldn't digest anything. She couldn't. Um, no matter what she did, she wouldn't lose work. She would go swimming and walking, and nothing yeah. changed for her. And the anti candida diet was amazing. She's almost. Uh, she's off her high blood pressure pills and almost off her diabetic pills. Like she's wow. on the lowest dose she can. I met with her uh, endocrinologist before we started it. And I said, listen, this is what we think is going on. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any aversions to us doing this? And I'm like, no, but I, I don't really understand why you would. Mm-hmm. So we put her on this. And uh, three months later, we went back, met with the endocrinologist. And mm-hmm. she's like, you've got better results than we have for most of our. Right. So uh, they were pretty blown away by it. They're like, yeah. we should call it the anti-diabetic diet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I get it. They they study a whole different realm than yeah. what Nicole studies or, yeah. or what I read into. So it was super beneficial for her. But it was so hard to get her mind off of that she needed to fill up on bread and yeah. pasta and rice yes. and all yeah. those stuff yeah. because it, it, it makes you feel full. But yeah. so does avocados. Yes. They, they make you feel yeah. very, so does very cottage full. Cheese. Cottage cheese, yeah. Skier. Have you ever had skier yogurt? My goodness, it's no. thicker than Greek. Oh, I've had Greek yogurt. Yeah, skier is thicker. Okay. Yeah. I get the 10% fat yogurt, so it's like mud. It's thick. Mm. Um, that's my favorite. And yeah. uh, with the cottage cheese, the only, I'll eat it all by itself, just a little salt and yeah. pepper. But my favorite thing is to put a salsa in it. Big uh, salsa and I cottage cheese. I sometimes do it with my eggs. Yeah, that would be really good I have good a weird too. texture thing with tomatoes. Okay. Like I can have them in like a sandwich, like a, like a BLT or whatever. Yeah. But as soon as it's in a chili or any kind of casserole au gratin or anything like that, yeah. it's it's got to be it's got to be diced. It can't be those whole, it can't be half of them. Cause, okay. And salsa took me the longest time to to eat. Yeah. And in the morning, because I get kind of adverse to food sometimes if I eat before I'm ready to it. Yeah. Salsa is one of the food. Salsa and eggs actually are like, man... I know I got to eat, but man, I hate <laughs> eggs right now. <laughs> yeah. The, the eggs are the one that I've implemented a lot of just because uh, they're so easy to cook exactly. in the morning and yep. so fast. And yep. uh, I had uh, eggs this morning. Nice. Yeah, yeah me too. I had uh, Italian sausage and eggs on toast. Oh. I still didn't get enough carbohydrates in. How do you have like sausage and toast and that not be enough? Oh. I don't get it. Anyways, we're figuring it yeah. out. <laughs> so what uh, you said, the new book is coming out in, you didn't say. No, I'm working on a one woman show. That's what I'm working ah, on. That's what yeah. You're working on. Yeah. It's called Cleaning Up for the Prime Cleaning Cleaning for the Prime Minister and Other Delusions. Mm. Yeah. 
What's, that's, <laughs> so, that's cool. Yeah, I've had a life and it's, um, I have to be gar- very careful about my self-talk to remind myself that just because it's not as tragic as other people's doesn't mean it wasn't impactful in other ways. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, a way of working through, um, like just coming to terms with a lot of things and you realize how much of your decisions that you make and the, the things that you feel are in fact directly related to things that you forgot about. That happened. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's, uh, I'm trying to do it at, at a humorous bent, but it's also very raw. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm just telling my story as it, very cool as it comes. So, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think it's super important that we look back on our, on our history and, and why we made those decisions. Yeah. And cause if we don't, um, um, look back on that and know why we did it, then we're doomed to do it again. Yeah. Right. Yes. And so yeah. when you can, uh, you know, if you're constantly dating the same type of person, it's never working <laughs> out. Wow. That's a pretty common theme. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know why, but for me, I was very lucky that throughout, uh, my dating life, I dated like every type of girl that you could possibly oh. imagine. Like, Oh, I only dated assholes. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did they like put that on their label and say, oh, hi, I'm an asshole? No, because you'd think that if they did, I'd be smart enough not to do it. <laughs> We'd hope. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, you know, the people that, um, you know, I, I talk about this. I can give a little teaser, I guess. But it's, um, you know, I was just talking to my roommate because I'm trying to, you know, go into the dating world again and see how that goes and uh, it's really difficult to do when you're in your 30s (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you know you have a very typical job and a very typical life and stuff like this but uh, and also it's very difficult when the people who you've had relationships in the past were emotionally abusive Mm -hmm. or people who never wanted to be seen with you in public yeah like why do you have self-image issues oh because you dated assholes right exactly yeah so it's kind of changing that self-talk and be like okay this person can find me attractive and i don't have to 100 percent. you know what i mean so it's, it's tough it's and then also yeah. from the other side, because I've been on the guy side about girls that have been in abusive relationships yeah. that uh, knowing that the person that you're with mm-hmm. isn't doing that. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been uh, dated girls where I'm like, hey, you you know I'm not yelling mm-hmm. at you, right? Like, why mm-hmm. are you freaking out over this? I, yeah. I'm, I'm not that guy. Yeah. And uh, I think that was uh, an eye opener for me when I went, you know what? They're getting mad at me because of something someone else did. So how and often that's am I hard doing that? too, right? Well, yeah. it's so hard to kind of take take a step back on both both sides of the coin and say, you know, where am I in this situation? Is this is this yeah. something that I need to address or the other person needs to address or we both need to address or yeah. or what? So No, I totally understand. I uh, my normal uh co host Mark is not yeah. here today, but uh he went through some bad relationships and yeah. he, he kinda was like, Yeah, I'm done with it. I'm not yeah. gonna I don't have to do this anymore. Yeah. And I'm the opposite. Like I said, if something happened to uh, my wife and, yeah. and she was no longer here, I would almost have to order a wife from somewhere just <laughs> just <laughs> Well there's websites for that. <laughs> there is. But we're I, looking for sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> send us a wife and I'll, I'll, I'll rate her on <laughs> or you could do a husband I mean I'm still single yeah there you go actually oh shoot what have I done oh that pulled out that's all good um, bing bang boom you win <laughs> um, well I, like because I, I don't think that marriage is for me like I don't necessarily need the construct that's of marriage that's what he says yeah so but I still don't want to be alone for the rest of my life like I've been alone for a very long time and in fact I've been living with my roommate just around the corner from your house yeah um since like I moved in middle of October 
And I was house sitting till the end of October. So like for about a month or so. And I've never been happier to have, we do, we live our own lives. Sometimes we're ships in the night. Sometimes we don't see each other. We see each other for a second. Yeah. But just knowing that there's someone there sometimes in the morning to be like, hey, let's eat breakfast together. Like it, it completely has not completely revolutionized my mental health, but it certainly increased it a lot. And you never realize how hard it is to be alone all the time. It I don't is. think people realize because I'm very effervescent and I'm very outgoing. Yeah. I don't think they realize how lonely I actually am in real life. I, I think it's uh, it's really good that you said that because I've seen it with um, people in my life where they're like, oh, I'm not a people person or I'm not this. And yeah. they sort of segregate themselves and they never change. They never grow. They never, there's no renewal in their life at yeah. all. And I think we are designed as people to be in a community. Mm-hmm. Even if it's small. Yeah, three, you make you make people. your community that you need, but it's community is still community. Yeah, and yeah. it's gotta be if it's not daily, it's every other day at the yeah. that you have to be around and, and have some social time and like there were times when I the only interaction that I would have were with animals. Mm. Like so I walk dogs, I house it, I have my own cats, and sometimes that was literally and I'd like go on Facebook and I've had to curate my Facebook because I couldn't see how happy and I know that we only put our happy things. I know that too. I only do that too. Yeah. But even like I couldn't be happy for these people because it reminded me of how miserable I was. Yeah. So I had to curate that and it sucked. Yeah. And people might not understand that, but that's just, we have to be careful of our own mental health too. There's, uh, um, if Mark was here, he'd say, now it's time to drink. Cause I'm going to mention Dr. <laughs> Jordan Peterson. So I oh. do it way too much. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that Peterson says is to, um, he also says to eat only meat. Well, it worked for him because he's got some issues and yes, he does. <laughs> for for Peterson, the eating only meat it wasn't about eating only meat, it was about cutting everything else out. So oh. when he cut everything else out, his health increased. So he thinks it's eating only meat. But it was the fact that he took a bunch of stuff out that wasn't good for him that was the benefit. This is my opinion. <laughs> I don't know him personally. I invited him on the podcast, he didn't respond. <laughs> Not that I expected him to, but uh, he's coming here in January again, so I'll send another note and try to get him on. I'm pretty sure I'll get denied again. Um, but he, he talks about first do what's right for you. Yeah. But not only right for you, it's got to be right for you and your family and your community yeah. and the world. And, you know, there's always consequences with that, right? Like just yeah. because what's right for you doesn't mean that there's without consequences that you have to deal with, right? So so how do you mean what consequences from doing things that are right for me? For so you? Um, I don't like... I don't know what to, if I should say this, if like a lot of people are going to listen to this and be really offended, but okay. I had to cut someone out of my life yeah. and it meant that because they were still friends with my other friends, it meant I couldn't hang out with those either. And it was really hard for me to be like, well, you're, are you okay with how awful he was treating me? Because it seems yeah. like you are. So, you know, an unintended consequence is that I no longer really have that circle of friends that I used to have. Yeah. And I feel, um, and I've always like, well, it's okay for them to choose it. But in the end I was like, but what you're telling me is that you're okay with how bad he treated me. I, you know, so there's those are those consequences that you don't really think about. Yeah. But I don't regret removing him because it was important to me to do that. I, I needed to because you tell people yeah. how you deserve to be treated, right? Exactly. So I would say that those that group of friends you lost was probably more beneficial than you knew. Because had you kept those friends, you don't know where you'd be. And now you're on this path of it's true. growth and yeah. change. And so um, I think all the stuff that happened to us before was good. Yeah. Every single time I think about the horrible things in my life, kidney stones and bad relationships and mm-hmm. car accidents and, and all that. Mm-hmm. If I really dig deep, I can find something good that came out of it. Yeah. So even That's losing cool. friends that uh, I had a, a girl cheat on me 
that I lived with on the coast. <sighs> and uh, um, it was with a guy I sort of knew. Oh, that's almost worse. But a whole group of people knew what was happening. Ah. And I didn't. And so uh, yeah. I made a decision at the time yeah. that I was going to stay with her. As long as she committed not, and so right. we we lost the whole, we both lost uh, the whole group of friends, right. and it, then it just didn't work yeah. out. There was couldn't rebuild the trust, and yeah. everyone yeah. was angry at everybody, yeah. and so. Um, I look back on that now and it was so good for me to realize what it was like to try to forgive someone that cheats. Yeah. And so from after her, if anyone was stepping online, I'd be like, hang on a second, what's going on here? Yeah. Why, why are you doing this or why yeah. are you? And then if it wasn't cheating, I went, oh, okay, it's all good. It was a, a false red flag. Sure. And, yeah. and then if there was something, then they would do exactly what she did. And they're like, oh, well, this just means this relationship is done and you just move on. (laughs) So I look back on that, which was horrible at the time, and it gave me this tool for the rest of my life. So I, I never look back on stuff like, assholes or cheaters or whatever on my life is something that's detrimental. It was always something that took me up to the next level, educated me, moved me on. Hmm. It's very like, I don't, sometimes you just can't be in that mind space, (laughs) but it's good to eventually get there. I mean, you know, you're allowed to have your feelings. You just don't want to live in those things. So I think the best thing for me was when I kind of just took a breath and was like, okay, it is what it is. I'm not going to, I can't chase after things that I've got to chase. I can't chase after I don't know a good metaphor, but you chase chase forward, you don't chase back. I exactly. Guess. That's a great way of putting it. I um I love that that people are only looking forward. Sorry, yeah. I'm taking off all my banners. I gave blood this morning oh, and so it's in you to give. Me. Yeah, it's in me to give. <laughs> so one time, the very first time I went to give blood was years ago. We used to go with my college friends. Yeah. And uh I wanted cereal, so I wanted shreddies and I didn't <laughs> I didn't have milk. But my roommate had milk, but it was skim milk. And skim milk is just water. Like, <laughs> it was so gross. I couldn't do it. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah. So we go down to the downtown one. Like, I think it's on 13th Ave or something like that. Yeah. And we're waiting in line. And it's the first time. And I'm, I have this thing about needles. I just can't look, right? Yeah. So I go and they poke my skin and nothing comes out. Oh. It was not in me to give. Wow. Because of the shreddies, because of the skim milk. Yeah, yeah. Not enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I've been really lucky. I um, I dated a girl in Kelowna who was studying to be an RN. Mm-hmm. And so she's... She tested on you. She, well, she, <laughs> yeah, she used me as her pincushion to practice needling, but or needling to practice, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I get you. She, she just needed something to practice with. But then uh, she said how important it was for, especially for men to donate because we get high iron levels. And if yeah. we don't donate once uh, yeah. in a while... I can't donate right now because my iron is like... Too low. Oh, man, it's bad. Yeah. It's... My yeah, I my supplements have been terrible. So I've been taking them regularly now for the last three weeks. But yeah, I my not only was my iron low, but my whatever it's called that that transports your iron. Oh, that was um, bad too. I'm not going to remember. I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. Though. Yeah, I don't know what it is. But my vitamin D was so bad that I had to take prescription strength vitamin D for wow. two months before, so it could raise it up just to like minorly acceptable levels. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hmm. I had a buddy over on Saturday night watching the, the UFC fights and yeah. his iron level was so high. He was having, and I can't remember the name of the syndrome. Uh, when you have too high, you, you can actually get sick. And oh. so the doctor said, well, we don't know what to medicate you with. And he's like, oh, well, give I, platelets, right? Or give blood and platelets and stuff like that? Basically. Yeah. And so uh, he had talked to somebody and realized that you can only do it every 60 days. So yeah. he made the decision. He went down to pharmacy, picked up some syringes and just bled himself every day. 
He said he would oh, take God. a cup of blood out every day and just poke himself oh, in the vein uh, and <laughs> drain into a, a cup and then oh, he would bandage it up and go. What does he so do with that blood? Just pours it down the drain. Oh, <laughs> dude. I know. He's a savage. We, dude. We, uh, we think he might be a little psychotic, but we're not 100% sure. So I'm so, not going to label him that way. So there's like... All right. So if serial killers are listening, you can <laughs> break into this guy's house and steal his blood. In the pee trap of his sink. There you half go. A cup of blood. And, you know, you can create some havoc. I know. Well, he might be, he said he poured it down the sink, but he might be doing something else, but we, we don't it's know. It's a Well, I'm, honestly, it might be, I don't know. I always feel like flushing things down the toilet is better than going to the sink, but it all goes to the, the same, same place, place, doesn't yeah, it? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my wife got really gross one night. We we found some soup in the back of the fridge that we hadn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was just not in good shape. And so yeah. she's like, "Oh, what are we gonna do about it?" I just went and dumped. She said, "You can't dump it down the toilet." I'm like, I "Do that all the time." It's the same thing as what yeah. we do in. Yeah, oh, it's true. Right? We just yeah. cut out the middleman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's all good. I yeah. don't know how easy it is to clean uh, uh, vegetable soup and or filter the vegetable soup in the watering system, but. Well, I mean, it should be all good. People have chili, so there you go. <laughs> I mean, if people can clean out that sewage after Taco Bell, then oh, right, sure. <laughs> McDonald's, Taco Bell. Oh. We're not getting sponsorship oh. from any of the fast food places. I guarantee you that. <laughs> I haven't been able to have a McDonald's burger since I was 14 years old without a mass evacuation. Yeah, they're, it's um, like the if you ever want cleanses. I mean, I'm not a huge <laughs> cleanse person. Yeah, I'm not a cleanse person, but like go to McDonald's or Dairy Queen. Mine is uh, KFC. It seems like oh, every I think I've eaten there 16, like three times in my life. <laughs> oh, it's been a lot more than that for me, but <laughs> it seems about every 18 months I'll drive by. So we have one that I have to drive past every time I leave Airdrie. Yeah. You know, on, yeah. And I get that whiff of it. And most time you're like, oh. And every once in a while you're like, oh boy, that <laughs> smells really good. Um, and I think it's been about a year and a half or two years since I've been there. Oh, so man. maybe it's almost time. It's <laughs> no, massive. Resist, resist. Yeah. <laughs> I think I probably will have to. My wife will get really mad at me. Did you see that they're opening a Popeye's in Airdrie? I didn't see that. Yeah, I know I they opened a bunch by, in Calgary. Um, I was just driving down the by 40th overpass. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw yeah. it there. Um, we were at the furniture store on the weekend looking yeah. at some stuff. Yeah, so now people can get their chicken from KFC, Mary Brown's, or Popeye's. Oh, I worked at... Um, yeah. <laughs> I worked at Brownie's Chicken. Do you guys have that out here? No, I'm from Ontario originally, though. So, okay, I'm yeah. from BC originally. Yeah, so in so. BC, we had, uh, I thought it was Canada wide, but maybe I don't know, uh, Brownies Chicken. and Never. it's. But uh, I grew up in a very small town. Oh, so. okay. Yeah. How big? Uh, 1,500 people, wow. including the surrounding farms. That is small. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. what was the name of the town? Cannington. Cannington. Yeah. Hmm, there was a Lord Cannington in Britain once upon a time. <laughs> <laughs> is it still there, Cannington? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, um, funny story, my friend, uh, he's in Toronto now, but we grew up together. We we're best friends. And um, he posted this article about this kid uh, threatening someone with an axe. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's more. <laughs> it was my neighbor. <laughs> no way. <laughs> and I swear to God, a couple of years ago, my dad was telling me a story about uh, how uh, helicopters were circling the, the area, the, their Crescent, crescent, yeah. And uh, neighbor had taken an axe to their family's front window. It was oh the same my guy. Goodness. Yeah. So axe is his choice. Yeah, crazy people <laughs> all over the place. Eh? Yeah. Cannington actually like it was pretty quiet when I lived there, and then when I moved away, um, the Presbyterian church was burnt down, 
And one of my teachers was murdered by his son, and 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 uh, That's a the violent house little down. town. <laughs> my friend and I have discovered that decided that we were the best parts of it, and when we left, it all went to shit. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That is crazy. I mean, I grew up in Surrey, so I'm sure a lot worse things happen in Surrey. Don't you have the bacon, Ken- brother? Like the bacon gang in Surrey? The bacon gang? Never yeah. Heard of that. Yeah, they were like gangsters, but their last name was Bacon. So oh, I don't remember them. There was a pizza place that got busted for cooking people. <laughs> I was drinking just up. FYI. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, there was a, a pizza. Secrets in the sauce. Yeah, that's what it is. It had like a skull and crossbones on the, the box, I think, as well. So it was trying to warn you. I guess so. Oh, but my yeah, God. I would, I would have to guess it would have been in like in the early 90s. I think it was uh, either the leader of a gang or or something to that. He had a pizza shop, and anyone got a line, he would kill them, and then yeah. he would cook them uh, down, like almost like a crematorium. Oh my god! Oh my god! I know. Ah, can it even get that hot? I think so. I worked at Godfather's Pizza when I was a kid, and I think those ovens. Do you put horses head on your pizza? Then boom. Do you put horses heads on your pizza? (laughs) I send people a warning. (laughs) No, I didn't. Missed opportunity. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, I think the ovens get to like seven hundred and fifty degrees or something like that. So it's pretty hot. It's enough to cook flesh down to nothing. I don't think it would cook bone. Bone. That's the thing. Bone. Yeah, you'd have to get rid of the bone. Why so. are people? Why are people like that? Yeah, yeah. Gross. There's lots of serial killers in BC. There was that guy. There was Clifford Olson. Oh, he was the one probably in the mid seventies. I think he murdered something like fifteen kids. Oh. My dad had met a police officer that was on the case, and yeah. he was said the the police officer said that Clifford was nailing kids to walls <gasps> with um, railroad spikes. God. Yeah. So uh, when when I was little, living in Abbotsford and Aldergrove and, and that area there, yeah. um, we always had an adult around us. So we lived in a cul-de-sac, mm-hmm. and there was always an adult sitting in a um, lawn chair at the stop sign, and so facing into the cul-de-sac because there were so many kids going missing so fast oh that we just God, couldn't be left alone. Terrifying. So we had zero freedom as kids. <sighs> I remember hearing about Clifford Olson and how... Did uh, they get him? They did eventually. I think he's... um, I'm trying to remember if he just died in jail or he came... I think he came up for parole and it was denied. Of course. But uh, yeah, one psycho dude. Like just absolutely crazy. So um, yeah, a lot of serial killers. There was the Green River Killer out of Vancouver who was killing all the uh, prostitutes. Oh, and then Pickford or... Oh, Pickerton. Pick, 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 whatever his name. The, I think it was Pickerton. The, the pig farmer. The pig yeah. farmer, yeah. yeah. He was grabbing prostitutes and feeding them to the pigs. Yeah. And yeah. So, I don't know. Coastal cities, I think they're pretty uh, pretty crazy. Well, I think because you have, it's more transient because a lot of the yeah. the homeless, like, why would you want to be homeless in Calgary, right? Like it's too damn cold. Exactly. So, I mean, Ontario had Bernardo, so, and, and Tomoka. Yeah. Let's not forget him. And in fact... Um, so we're, we're going to have like a, a serial killer face off right here. Right we the most. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, so the reason that Bernardo or Homolka got off was yeah. because um, Bernardo's lawyer, one of his lawyers, hid the tapes that, that showed everything. And uh, without the tapes, they couldn't really convict without her testimony. And yeah. so she gave her testimony up in exchange for a lesser sentence. So she, I think she got 10 years. Yeah. Um, but uh, it could be very argued that she was a larger aspect to it than, than she let people think. Like, they killed her. Like, the first victim was her sister. Right. So, anyway, um, so she's free and clear, has a new name, new, like, 
Yeah. She has her own kid. She moved, I think she moved to Quebec or um, one of the Canary Islands or something like that. But anyway, um, and then they found the tapes, but of course they can't use the tapes because that's double jeopardy. She's already been convicted. And he had been convicted and stuff like that too, right? So I was in, I think it was OAC, which is Ontario Academic Credit, grade 13. Yeah. Uh, And I was in law class. And we had this lawyer come in. And guess who it was? It was a lawyer who hid the tapes because his daughter no went to my school. Way. And I had been very intrigued by law, especially criminal law, because every other law, aspect of law is very boring. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he was going on about how he was completely justified in doing what he did. And like those, I was, I was pretty young when that whole thing was going, but it was, it was very big in the community. Like it was a big deal. And we were far away from it, but it was still close enough that... Yeah. You know, it'd be very difficult not to feel affected. And I was disgusted. I was like, I can't be a criminal lawyer if these people are actually guilty and I knew it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, so, that's not cool at all. And yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know enough about law to say that they're all bad, but it just seems like based on movies, <laughs> that they're yeah. all pretty horrific it, it guys, is. I think girls. the only lawyer that I could appreciate, and for the life of me, I can't think of his name. I just watched a show about him over the summer, a friend show. But he was, he would... um he was a defense attorney. He was the one that did the creation debate. Um, he was the hmm. anyway. I can't think of his name. Yeah. If you like, if you think of it, guys, congratulations. Um, but he was against the death penalty, and so he he defended all these people that he knew were guilty. Yeah. Because he just didn't want them to die. He didn't want them to not have justice, but he didn't want them to die. So he's good with life sentences and stuff like that. But he yeah. wasn't. And I was like, you know, I I get that. Yeah. I okay. Yeah, yeah I get that. I'm not sure what side of that I fall on. It's uh, I can I can believe in both arguments for the totally. both sides for the death yeah. penalty, and and of course I've never had someone around me murdered or or severely injured. Oh yeah, injured. I think and that I think it's that really hard for us to yeah, absolutely change my mind. It's really easy to sit on a fence and and judge yeah. when we haven't experienced it. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, teaching kids. Because like so you you were my daughter's instructor yeah. for yeah. like three years. Ava's taken a little yeah. break as well. Yeah, she's doing film. Uh, she's she's still got. Um, Cause well, no, I haven't heard true. from the agent anymore. Like she like bailed. I was just gonna say so bailed Janie FM. I messaged her about the podcast because I'd like to have her yeah. on. And someone said when she went to Quebec, she got really sick and she was hospitalized for a oh, couple of months. Well, I had no idea. But then she came. Who was it? Nikki Middleton who yeah. I had on. Yeah. She's the um, artist that burped on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. The model. We're Facebook burped. friends, but I don't think we've ever met in person. Yeah, yeah. she's a super nice lady, but yeah. uh, I caught her off guard with the Zevia. <laughs> but uh, she's friends with Janie. Yes, and said that she. Um, uh, she hadn't heard from her in a couple yeah. months either, but she got very, very sick. So I don't uh, know what that means, but I've messaged her a couple of times, not that bad. So we got, um, I don't know if Ava was ever set up on Actors Access, but you can get yes. mail. And we I got like a, essentially like a mass email that says, essentially like she wishes us all the best, but that's pretty much it. So... Oh, that she's quit. She's yeah, done. Yeah, from what I understand, yeah. I'll have to find my daughter a new... Um, yeah, agent. A new agent and yeah. see... Uh, she, last time I talked to uh, Ava, she was talking about wanting to do modeling. Oh. And so we might... Be very uh, careful with those ones. Uh, they're just... They're a little bit more... I find that they can be a little bit more sketch. 
They seem like it. So just, you know, have your red flag meter yeah, yeah. going. Yeah. Maybe we talk wouldn't to let Nikki. Her, we wouldn't let her do anything without one of us being there anyway. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's, you know, it is what it is. If she wants to do it, we'll go and figure yeah. it out. And if she doesn't, then she'll, knows, she'll be knows, a yeah. painter local. There you go. Yeah, she, <laughs> loves, she loves acting. She loves um, uh, art as a whole. Like she's she's very artistic at So Bird Church has some programs for that, visual art. That's why. I was doing it once. Another girl that I taught that. Yeah. yeah. And that's why Ava moved this year. She went from the French Immersion to uh, Bird Church. Oh, did she? Uh, because she wanted to be part of the arts Is program. Is she in grade nine? Yeah. <gasps> I know, right? No. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. Um, it, it goes way, way too fast. <laughs> I'm telling you. Seems like yesterday I was changing her diapers, and today she's on the verge of getting her driver's license. Oh, my so. God. Is she like tall enough to do that? Did she grow like? I don't know. Is there a limit? Petite. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in December she'll be fourteen. Wow. And, uh, eligible for a driver's license. Wow. And all wow. That stuff. We're learners, anyways. Yeah. So it's amazing how fast time goes. Yeah. But yeah, we 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 talked at length about the the influence that you had on her, and oh. she she um, really enjoyed the time with oh, you and the really effort nice that hear. you put in. And so, yeah. um, I know all the kids did. They, oh um, well, oh shucks. <laughs> is that a, a big passion of yours? You or? know, it's funny. I never ever wanted to teach kids. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> so way, way back, um, I was working with a professor. Uh, he was out of um, Mount Royal. Yeah. And he was. I was working toward my fellow, to be a fellow. What's a fellow? So it's like one after PhD, I think. Really? Yeah. So I only have my undergrad, but it was like I was going to work through my master's, my PhD, and then a fellow. Okay. And like you get the craziest hats when you go to a graduation services. Yeah. They're floopy. They're great. Um. But it, a, it was very expensive. It was like a hundred bucks a, a a session with him. Yeah. Um, and there would be a lot of sessions just because I still only technically have an undergrad. Yeah. Um, but, and uh, but I ha- would have had to do focus groups and studies about teaching kids. And I was like, well, when am I going to do that? I don't want to do that. <laughs> and then <laughs> and like now you've done three it. years later, I was like, oh crap. So yeah, three years. Uh, probably about three years after that, I became um, president of No Squeak Players, which is a local theater group in town. Yep. Kind of accidentally, kind of just came in and took over a little <laughs> bit <laughs> and um, contacted the manager at the theater at the time. And he messaged or he called me one day and I was only working part time. And uh, he says, uh, so what's your education? I gave my education. And he says, do you want to teach? I'm like, eh. He's like, well, it's this much money. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yep. It was I needed the money, and so within two weeks, I had to think of a company name, get like um, get insurance, get a business license, get my nuance report to get my business name all going, and yeah. then I that was in 2011. And I've been teaching ever since. Beautiful. So yeah, yeah. and I, I love it. I I enjoy. It. I mean, it's not necessarily something I want to hang my hat on, um, but it's not something I ever want to end right now either. Yeah. So. Um, cause well, it's, it's a, great. It's a form of income. It's not a yeah. ton of time out of your, um, yeah. And it's really cool to just share what I'm super passionate about in a way that I never got when I was a kid. Like I'm, I mentioned I was from Ontario and we, when I went to school, we had a bunch of teacher strikes. And so eventually what, what came of it is what they called a work to rule. And so there was, there was the only way that I could, that after school activities could happen is if there was a, an adult not a teacher, unless the teacher was so inclined, but I don't think they were getting paid. So they were, not you know, do it. Yeah. yeah. And so of course, um, our school is a very big rugby school. So that got 
you know, rugby, the sports as often does. Um, so I had one actual class in high school. It was in grade nine. Um, and then the rest were like lunchtime clubs and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So there really wasn't a lot of drama when I was, when I was growing up. So it's nice to, to share that with kids because I didn't have that. And to, and to show them that if this is all you have, it's still enough. Yeah. It's enough to pursue what you want to pursue. So, Did you find teaching kind of uh, honed your own skills? Yes. And I find that it's, um, I'm constantly evolving, I guess, because you, yeah. you have to, like I remember when I was directing Robin Hood, for example, and I'd be saying the same thing, but I'd have to say the same thing in different ways before the student could actually get it. And right. that's, I feel like <clears throat> such an important skill to have is that it doesn't matter if you're saying it right, you have to make sure that the receptor, the person who's receiving it is understanding it. So you really, and especially yeah. with drama, when you're a director, you have a vision, but you don't want to show them exactly what you want to do because then you're just, they're just mimicking you. Right. You want to tell them, tell it to them in a way. It's like, okay, this is my vision and let them figure out how that they can, yeah. how they can do it. It, it was the same for me teaching martial arts and uh, that I had a way better grasp on it when I had to explain it four or five different ways. I yeah. had to try to break it down so that everybody understood what I was talking about and um, it made me think about hitting somebody in a different way. Like, well, what's actually happening? Because I was good at doing yeah. it, but being good at doing it and showing someone else how to do it is completely different. Completely different. So um, yeah, Yeah. it was super beneficial for me. It's sort of like that with parenting too, is that I don't want to tell my kids what to do. Like I don't want to be the the dictator in the house, but I also want them to understand that this, this is the right way. And Mm -hmm. so I explain why I do things and how, you know, why I think it should be done this way. And then I kind of sit back and wait and watch what they do. And then you're like, Oh, okay, that didn't really work or that, (laughs) that that did work. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a challenge for sure. Yeah. And and theater is, it's really interesting because you have the traditionalists in theater and you go, you have to do this because this is the way it's done. And, and they're not wrong, but theater is all about breaking rules. Right. So I want to tell them like this, there's no wrong way to do something. Yeah. Um, I mean, it might not work for the moment, but that's not, that doesn't make it wrong. Right. It just means like not right now or something like that. Yeah. So, but you know, failure is the only way you can grow it. And especially in theater, that's why it's so translatable. Yeah. I mean, I love teaching theater <clears throat> to kids that want to do it, but I also love teaching theater to kids that all that changes is their self-confidence and that's totally fine too. Right. And their way to, um, to how they view the world. Yeah. And how they view themselves, and how do they do this? Because how else are we going to have an amazing world to live in if we don't, you know, look at it critically? And they're different; it's a different mindset than you're used to. The martial arts is very much the same way. Just the knowledge and knowing how to do it. Even if you never fight, you never spar, yeah. you never become a professional. There's so many benefits to uh, going down that road and getting that next belt or movie or practicing that next move. That you're this overcomer, right? So to yeah. get into a classroom of ten people and to stand up and do a monologue you've never done before, yeah. even if you're bad at it, like you said that yeah. we said earlier that the fact that you wrote a book makes yeah. you successful. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the book does. Yeah. This is is the same thing with the kids, yeah. right? If they're willing to show up for the class and put the effort yeah. in, do the writing, and then stand up and say it, yeah. um, they've succeeded. They've won. Yeah. That's that's what life is all about. Yeah. And if they decided to do another monologue, it'll then, be a yeah. little bit better. Exactly. And then the next one, then the next one. I think the thing that frustrates me the most about youth theater is how how many people think that they can criticize that over anything else. It it 
makes me so, so mad. Yeah. Because you get, you know, oh, they weren't loud enough. Oh, really? Can you do this? Can, <laughs> exactly. can you do what they do? Like, they're, they, their bodies are not formed yet. You know, they, they might not actually be biologically, physically able to project like I can project. And, right. you know, it's a training thing. But, you know, good grief. Would you go, like, who are you, for one, to That's, criticize a child for right. doing so, putting themselves out there? But for whatever reason, the last show that we did, Secret Garden, I had so many people come up and, and feel that they had the, the, um, the right to tell me everything that they felt went wrong. I was like, forget you. Yeah, and I'm no, I'm sitting there having to be sand. all nice and nice when inside I just want to punch them in the throat. <laughs> I totally agree. The, uh, as a parent, you have to do some criticism of your kids, right? Because you sure, go, oh, that didn't work well. Let's go there. But sure. it, it's a personal one, and it's it's not just criticism. You tell them how great they were, how yeah. beautiful they were, how talented they were, and yeah. like, well, next time maybe you could try to be louder. Right yeah. or next time maybe you could face the audience or yeah. you know you, yeah. there should always be I think if children you're always going to grow even as adults exactly yeah. we have to be willing to um, if we don't as parents criticize our kids a little bit yeah. they'll never get used to it when they get a job and the boss is like you didn't do that very good yeah that's going to kill them but my kids now I can yeah. criticize them and go yeah. in and say oh you know what I love the play it was so yeah. exciting you did a great job yeah. Next time, can you try to be a little louder? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or even say, well, like, you were a little bit quiet, but this is all the great things that you did. Yeah. Whichever order you decide to do yeah. it in. But um, for had, someone to come and criticize you about the kids or yeah, to criticize the kids. The kids who, like, they have yeah. no connection to, like. That's ridiculous. I remember, did you see Not On This Night? Well, yeah, you can, you can, you know, you did the set for that I one. Set, yeah. <laughs> so it was probably one of the strongest plays that, that the kids have done. It was a, a play about um, World War II. It was Christmas in World War II, and it took place. Um, in uh, a French kitchen, yeah. and um, that was one a, of my favorite that you guys yeah. did. Robin Hood was really good, but yeah. I think yeah, yeah, because I mean, it really encouraged the the three actors to really step up, and they did. Yeah. They all of them did. It was a German soldier, an American soldier, and a French French woman, French yeah. girl, and they're all young. They're all intended to be the 18, eighteen 19, years old, yeah. which we forget. That's what the soldiers were. The foot soldiers right. were that young. It was only the yeah. the the whatever the uniformed folks that were old. Um, but so one of them was German and we tried to do, he, I didn't want him to do a German accent because I didn't like, if he can't do it well enough, then, you know, don't do it. Right. I'd rather right. have no accent, but there were some words that he have to say in German. And we learned, we worked really hard on, on going on YouTube, getting, you know, the proper pronunciation. Yeah. And I thought he did an amazing job he and did. they all did. I mean, you could hear pin drops for this performance, 45 minutes of silence. It was amazing. Yeah. The opening night, the first person out said, their German accent was wrong. Oh. And I was like, for fuck's sake. Did you not just see, did you not just have an emotional response to what was going on? Right. These kids were crying. Yeah. It's very hard to cry truthfully. Yeah. And, and that's, they weren't, I told them not to force it. They were genuinely feeling the moment and you, you were mad that they said Danke instead of Danke. Yeah. Like, could you get over yourself a little bit? Yeah. You should have pointed them out to me. I'd have beaten them up in the parking lot, the church parking lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just... Does it make you feel better? Like, I mean, I, I do reviews. Like, I work with a community, like a little culture shake. Yeah. And I do reviews of certain things. And I went to a show a couple of years ago, and it was bad. The acting wasn't bad, but the script was bad. I'm like, I can't, I'm not even going to review it because it's not their fault. They right. were, I mean, why they chose such a bad script, I do not know. <laughs> but, I mean, and even I saw a show recently, and it I didn't really like it. But I didn't have to, like... 
you know, beat them over the head with it. I was like, you know, here are the things that didn't work for me that was outside of their realm. Again, it was, I didn't really like the script, you know. Yeah. But I don't. But that's a different thing. They've asked us to review it. Exactly. (laughs) I did not ask for you to say what you said. I think so many people's lives are so uneventful that they're looking for things to make it eventful like yeah. to you oh know, yeah the online trolls where they're yeah. they're just saying shit to, to stir yeah. s- stir the pot right yeah. and and the people that do it in person i think i'm a little bit more impressed with that they can have the the guts to yeah, come up maybe. and do it face to face because um I, I probably wouldn't handle it nearly as well as you did if especially if well, i'm always about, worried because it isn't like the torchlight does operate out of a church and yeah. you know it's connected that way but i'm just because i just and you want to keep could, people coming right yeah, oh yeah Exactly, right? So you got to be somewhat polite. But I'm just, I'm always tired of being polite when people are jacking. You know what? When yeah. the word, the, I hate, this is in my Facebook uh, memories the other day. The words, I'm sorry, but, oh. are never followed by anything good. <laughs> no. And again, and that was like really a, sorry. it was a main, like, when I was in that emotionally abusive relationship, he said that all the fucking time. I'm sorry, yeah. but, I'm sorry, but, I'm sorry, but. When I called him on that, yeah. oh my Lord, did things get dangerous. Yeah. So I'm like, if you ever say, someone never says that to me, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to have to walk away. Like, I'm sorry, but nah. I think that most people just don't do it. If you're busy in your own life, you know, whether it's writing books and and creating content and stuff yeah. like you do, or being active or being a, a, a an athlete, yeah. you don't have time to go and criticize. You show up and something's not good. You're just like, eh, that's not good. I'm not going to go see that one again. Sure, but yeah. you know, if we have one local, but you sometimes company, recognize the effort that's put in. People don't see, you know, with with I think of football, how you have like. Or any sport, any professional sport, I guess. And I mean, you know, okay, I think that they get overpaid, but I also think so does Hollywood. Um, but you don't see the 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 hours of training mm-hmm. that goes into that. Yeah. You, you don't see that. And the same too with a play. You know, um, I had people. I did a show in Calgary two summers ago, and that eventually went to Fringe, and it was twenty dollars. And people were like, "Well, I don't want to spend that much." <sighs> And I was like, okay, that's fine. It, like, because there are some things that I can't pay for. But then that person in the next breath said, "But I want four Starbucks coffee. I want fancy, yeah. fancy food." So, but they don't. So twenty dollars means that I have to pay the rent for the location. Yeah, I had to rent lights. Yeah, I had to pay my actors. Like yeah. we like to like we have to get paid for that. I have to pay for you know scripts and you know like not scripts because I did it but you know there's certain things there's that, that things. goes into that Chair $20 rental, decorations yeah. set design. our time yeah. the time that it takes to rehearse so $20 is and bitch it was an award winning show <laughs> <laughs> I, you, know, <laughs> you know like what do you want like what do you want I, with $20 I've, I've been behind the scenes with a lot of the, the plays that Torchlight did mm-hmm. and that happened at the uh, the Victory Church there and uh, I helped with sets and, and mm-hmm. you know drove so you know <laughs> I know what it takes right and and I'm happy to donate to um, a charity like that mm-hmm. and buying tickets and we always made sure we bought extra tickets and gave them away to people yeah. like hey you gotta come see what's, what's yeah. happening here right but uh, I don't get why people would even you know if it's just not your thing it's not your thing yeah just I would have been more thing to I, I would have been happier if she said it's not my thing because right. it's guess because guess what going to Airdrie Day for the Hitman thing yeah. not my thing right I'm not gonna do it so I get it I don't but don't give me the it's too much money and then say you want a high-end restaurant in the same breath. Yeah, exactly. Because 20 bucks is going to get you water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 100% agree. But I, I, you know what? For a long time, I've enjoyed the arts and I'm always going to continue yeah. um, 
to support them when they're in town here as best as I can, whether that's my time or showing up to the, the play. My daughter's Look at your hair! <laughs> Everybody, my daughter, uh, we do the podcast at my house and she just walked in the front door. Hi. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love the arts. And you know what? Yeah. People maybe criticize me because I don't uh, support sports. I don't I don't support hockey and football and rugby and, and, and that kind of stuff. But you know what? They have support. Yeah, they do. But, you know, you got to find what you have support with. And I would say that sports in Airdrie especially yeah. is supported. We're a hockey town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Weren't Good we green. part of that, like Hockeyville or something that was on TV? Oh, we tried. Tried to get or something like that. Did oh, we, we got, um, oh, what's his nuts? <laughs> Ron McClain. Didn't okay. he, he came, I don't know. I, okay. I shouldn't even if be we talking put about an, If we put so an iota of our effort that we put into that, into other things, yeah. then we'd be a thriving community. But Airdrie has no identity because yeah. we don't consider other aspects. We have a museum. Sort of. That no one goes to. Did you know that it, it has exhibits that can't even be shown because we don't have the space? Really? Yep. For Nose, Nose yep, Creek Nose Creek Valley Museum. Really? Yep. Hmm. Did, That's like, crazy. Did you know that like their roof was leaking and they were told, we'll make sure that you move your exhibits? <laughs> you <laughs> who, know, like, who told them that? City? Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm, I might have the mayor on uh, pretty soon so I can... Oh, don't uh, say... No, don't say anything then. Okay. I don't want to cause problems for no. the museum. But it's just... It's I ridiculous like, how little we value our culture and our heritage because yeah. that's where we came from. Like, I do the ghost walk. Like, that's one of the things that I do. And there's people that are like, why don't we have plaques? Why don't we have any kind of indicators where this is happening? Because we do have some really interesting stories. So, did you know that our doctor, um, or the very first doctor... Um, was killed by the flesh-eating disease. Shut up. Yeah. What year was that? Um, probably 19... It was after the Spanish influenza because we had four people die in Airdrie. Yeah. The old hotel was converted into a hospital for that time. Okay. Um, I miss the old hotel. All the bands used to play there. Yeah, I was never here when it came. Did you know that people came from Air from Calgary to dance co-ed? Because for a time, they weren't allowed to dance co-ed. And so they came to the old, old hotel in Airdrie to no dance. No way. Yeah, yeah. That would explain why it's so popular. See, our history is super fascinating, but yeah. no one knows about it because we do not value it. And, you know, we need that. That needs to come from our leadership down. That I, really does. And I, the same with appreciation of the arts. I love uh, I love hearing about it, and I just don't know where to get the information. Yeah. So, uh, I, A lot know. of our history is stored at the Glenbow, actually. And Stephen Wilkes, who was, um, he did a lot of the um, interviewing and stuff. Yeah. He was um, like a, he was a religious white guy. Okay. So. He had his scope and he stayed within it, which yeah, unfortunately yeah, yeah. only tells her, uh, part of the story. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of stuff about Airdrie that is uncovered because the person that took the history would only took a certain... Th- and he, he only... He didn't do just white people. He did English-speaking white people stories. That is it, eh? Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. The... Um, uh, there's a few things about Airdrie that I found quite amazing was yeah. that uh, were the... 
um, highest elevation of a city yes. in um, in, a, in Canada. In Canada. In Canada. I think so, Canada, yeah. And uh, why we get all the hailstorms. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And why uh, it's also when you come out of here as an athlete, you're going to be that much better everywhere. Oh, is that what it is? Because you're you're, <laughs> you're doing it with less oxygen, oh. higher elevation. Wow. Um, so, you know, when I go to the coast and I go to work out, it's like, this is nothing. <laughs> Where I'm here, I'm like, why am I dying? <laughs> so, yeah, we, we battle that here, which is yeah. awesome. We had one... One of the, um, uh, shoot, I just lost my thought completely. Uh-oh. It was something to do with our water. We were, oh. we had, the reason it started, Airdrie started, I think it was we had a massive water table here in the well. Um, uh, maybe I'm talking on my butt. Well, we were, we had, we were on the tracks. So we had the, yeah. the rails. So we had the grain or we had five grain elevators and stuff. So that was an aspect of why it grew so fast. Yeah. Um, it's really fascinating because um, we had a lot of Danish and Scandinavian people come okay. from the time period after World War One, and then, of course, until World War Two. There's like a bunch of them came over and, mm. you know, had their culture and stuff like that. So, yeah. 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 We were talking about this on Saturday um, that, that uh, I've had a friend of mine call me re- uh, recently. He's adopted two sons from, um, I want to say Kenya. This is going to sound really ignorant, but anyways, they deal with a lot of racism here yeah. in town. I'm like, oh, really? Well, you know what? I'm not actually surprised. I was at an event a couple of years ago. It was a kind of a mind cafe for the arts and culture. And I look around the room and I was like, um, there's only one other person. What? Not other? Because I'm not. There's only one person of color yeah. in this room. Airdrie is multicultural, and I was the table I was at. This one woman. I don't know who she was. I, I really don't. She looked at me. and She scoffed. And I was like, I'm sorry. Do you not even look at the people when they're serving you food, or you know, like yeah. I mean, have we relegated them to just our our undesirable jobs that you can't even bother to look at them? Yeah, like that's it's disgusting. I was blown away when he told me how often his sons are battling with racial <sighs> remarks in school, and they're they're elementary school kids, and so that only comes from one person. That's yep. got to be the adult. And I'm not yep. bashing Airdrie. I love Airdrie. Yeah. I don't love certain aspects. And yeah. we were trying to discuss why it would be that way. And so my kind of thought process behind it was that we have a lot of high paying jobs yeah. that don't require a lot of education, mm. right? So a lot of oil people mm-hmm. here, a lot of um, uh, police officers, West Jetters, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So higher paying jobs without a big education. Right. And uh, I think that sort of will, man, I'm feel like I'm bashing our town and I'm totally not but I feel like that, I feel that like we need to be aware of we can't just look through rose colored glasses we need to be aware because right. how else are we going to change it so it's not bashing yeah in my opinion yeah and and again I love this town like mm-hmm. almost every single one of my guests has been from Airdrie yeah. like the this is uh, I love the people in this town yeah. we've made our family here you know um, me and my wife made a decision to move here in yeah. 2004 and we've never regretted it yeah. um, overall we, we've got great schools we got urgent yeah. care. We got a yeah. hospital coming in, I think, soon. I don't think it's going to come into Airdrie, but it's going to probably come into Balzac. Oh, okay. Yeah. That I'd be okay if it didn't come to. I know that I'll probably get crucified. <laughs> enough. But I grew up in a town where the hospital, excuse me, the nearest hospital was half an hour away and it wasn't, ju- it just wasn't a thing. Yeah. It wasn't a big deal. No. Well, in Balzac's what, like 10 minutes? 10 minutes? Yeah. At best. You can be in the mall. We don't have the infrastructure in Airdrie right now. We have, don't have the infrastructure for the population that we have, much less a hospital. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's glad we got rid of that little rat hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of, man, I'm glad that I don't have to, like the Yankee the Valley commuting. sucks, but 
Yeah. It does. Ever since that new Sierra Springs thing. I mean, not going to lie. Sometimes I, my five times in a year that I turn left from Sierra Springs, <laughs> I enjoy to have that. <laughs> but, yeah. but the, you know, the rest of the time I'm like, why is it taking me seven rotations of a light to get me through this? Yeah. 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 That's because we got 70,000 people here and it took a matter of like eight years to, to grow the city. Yeah. It was uh, massive. We were at a point where like there was uh, zero rentals in our town for, for a long time. Yeah. And oh so, man! Yeah. Oh, the and the renters, the rental properties that we do have are crap. Yeah, yeah. I just moved out from Tower Lane. Oh yeah. And yeah. I'd lived there for seven years. There's zero upgrades, and they wanted to change my rent to twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. That's a lot for a single person to pay. Yeah, like, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like you can. That's not that. And and if I were, I'm luckily my jobs they're gig work, so they're not full time. But luckily, I'm being paid. But still below market value for what I'm worth, but it's not minimum wage. Yeah. But I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, that's why I moved in with my friend because I couldn't, I couldn't crawl out of the debt that I incurred when I lost my well-paying job. Yeah. Just by minimum wage, it's not meant to. No, it's nearly impossible. It's very difficult for people to make ends meet in a yeah. town where. I had my light shut off this summer and I was working full time. I had my light shut off because I couldn't uh, afford to pay it. And then, so when you get your light shut off, people don't know this or they do. Um, so it was Friday morning. No, or was it Thursday? I found out Thursday, but I found out Thursday at like seven thirty, and then at night, so Epcor was closed, mm-hmm. so they couldn't put it back on. Wow! So I had to figure out a place to stay, which is embarrassing. Yeah. Um, and um, so I lost everything that was in my fridge. Yeah. Because I didn't get it turned back on again until like twelve o'clock that day. Even though I called at it, the very first thing I did in that morning was call to get it turned back on to pay what I needed to pay. Like yeah. drained everything. Had to you know like be very careful with gas and stuff. Um, and I had to pay an additional one hundred sixty dollars just for them to flick a switch on their end. So it's not like yeah. Which is what do you do to a person who had their lights turned off because they had no money? Charge them more money. I think that uh, what they're trying, and not that I'm saying it's right, no. but they're trying to battle against people that do it regularly. Totally. So they Absolutely. put in, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I get it. But it's just like, the, the people who are genuinely just struggling. Yeah. It's just, yeah. So then you have to buy all new food. It's just and morale wise, because I was working full time. I just wasn't making, I wasn't making minimum wage. Yeah. So it was full time, but it wasn't minimum wage. We're doing um, this financial planning thing right now through uh, Dave Ramsey. He's a Christian guy, and he has this great system for financial planning. Again, you got to have money coming in to be able. To <laughs> well, that's just the two. I had a financial planner, but then I lost my job. So I was like, "What am I? Yeah. What are we planning? What, my panties?" <laughs> what did you do full time? For six months, I was working at United Safety as an HRIS analyst. Okay. Um, they, What's I, an HRS analyst? Human Resources Information System Analyst. Okay. So yeah. if you have like for payroll or whatever, yeah. onboarding, offboarding. Um, and so I was working in the not-for-profit sector in the health sciences, which was not guaranteed, especially as a receptionist, right? Because if funding gets lost, I'll be the first one to go because yeah. I'm least important. So I wanted to go to a for-profit job. They boasted, you know, 3% job growth, a 33% job growth, something like that. It was like $15,000 more a year. It was in Airdrie, <laughs> all this stuff. Nice. And uh, then six months later, it was, the recession hit. Wow. And our department just got obliterated. HR in general got obliterated from yeah, all the yeah. jobs. But yeah, yeah, so I was like, well... <laughs> Now what? She <laughs> <laughs> so started teaching. You yeah, started that's writing. kind of when I started doing this in earnest. Be like, I've got this forty thousand dollar degree. Yeah, let's do it. So, what's your degree in actually? Theater. Theater. Yeah, bachelor and of arts in theater. And then you went on to, to get your undergrad. Not an undergrad is a bachelor. Okay. Yeah. 
so uh, a bachelor of arts. So um, if I got my my uh, like went to grad school, then I'd have something yeah, a little bit yeah. more. But uh, are you planning on doing that in the future? Uh, no. I just figure why can't a school just acknowledge my work and give me an honorary master's? <laughs> <laughs> they do it for everyone else in Hollywood. Do- Dr. Peterson <laughs> right now is working on a program where he's uh, he's going to start with rating universities on whether they educate or they indoctrinate. So when you mm. go there, you can understand what the, the purpose of the school is. Yeah. And then what he's eventually leaning towards is that you don't need to spend forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 to go spend time in a university to get your education. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of some programs obviously would have to be if you're doing a theater you have to be in the theater yeah you gotta know what's going you know, on but yeah. if you're doing psychology or um, you know whatever uh, engineering why couldn't you do it online why couldn't you get mm-hmm. all the information and then be tested and then there would be so much lower overhead for the universities mm-hmm. that the cost would come down and make mm-hmm. it legitimate so th- this is one thing that he's working on and I completely agree. Like, I listen to all of his... Um, Especially since, you know, four years, you're going to have to put someone through college. I mean, unless she's paying... Like, I paid for most of mine. My parents helped, but... Yeah. Yeah. I I listened to all of his lectures online, and I started reading some of the books, and I go back and listen to lectures again, so I'm smart enough to read the books and, and that uh, in psychology, because I absolutely love that, that science. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe in 10 years from now, if I continue listening and continue reading, I could just go write a test and be a psychologist. Yeah. Not yeah. not that I think that's absolutely where I'm going to yeah. go, but I love that information. And now mm. it's at my fingertips where yeah. before, you know, on the dumb drywaller, I got out of high school without graduating and I and, uh, just went right to work. Right. Um, and I didn't have an opportunity. I didn't even know you could get student loans when I was in high school. So oh, I didn't. Man. But there's know, such a, such a... Not I that only it would have been I better. only got OSAP. My brother didn't. He's my. He's two years older than me. Yeah. He went to Waterloo for physics. Um, he definitely got that side of the brain. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that side of the brain. <laughs> um, he didn't get OSAP, which is Ontario funding, yeah. until I went to school because then they figured my because my parents made just too much, but they didn't pay. Like that wasn't part of their thing. Yeah, they they were you know if you want to go to school. We're not we're not financing this for you, and people need to understand. And I I feel like Alberta's a little bit different because you know a lot of people are like, oh yeah, my parents got me my first home, or my parents got me my down payment for my first home. Yeah. And my parents like when I lost my job, they certainly had to step up. But the reason they did that was because they co-signed my loan. Yeah. So you know if I screwed up, they, they were covering they, their yeah, butts. Exactly. Yeah. I remember asking them years ago if they had put money aside for a wedding for me. Yeah. You know because. Traditionally, the parents of the woman yep. pays. And they said, no, we'll just like figure out when we come to it. And I said, Ugh. Yeah. And they go, why? I'm like, well, because I'd rather get a house. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that seems like a, a there was money per more <laughs> important adventure. Yeah. You know, and that was, it was probably like 10 years ago. Like, still not married. <laughs> Enjoy your money. <laughs> um, but they're like, no. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. come on. <laughs> You know what? We we never had anything put away for ours. We we paid for our own wedding. We yeah. paid for um, our own education when Nicole yeah. went back to school. And yeah. I, I've still never gone back. And and maybe you know between what I'm doing about listening to the uh, lectures and and reading the books and stuff like that, I, maybe I'll go back at, a, at another yeah. point in my life. But right now, you just try to it's make ends meet. It is good grief. I was gonna. I started going back to school years ago, 2007. Uh, just take one course from Athabasca yeah. on English history because I love history. I'd love to get a history degree as well. 
um, because that's about as useful as a theater degree. (laughs) (laughs) Or Um, philosophy. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I just, I love learning. I love learning. I think learning is amazing. Yeah. But I hate the idea of tests and essays. Maybe that's why I like the podcast so much (laughs) and just YouTube and going online because there's no pressure, right? Yeah. I listen to it at my time. And and I don't think tests are an accurate representation of your knowledge anyway. I think essays are more accurate representation of your knowledge is just I just I couldn't be bothered yeah <laughs> just, I know I just learned can't you just take take the fact that I learned yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah unfortunately we're not there yet maybe one day we will be I hope we will be yeah I, uh, I mean it's such a it's such a cash grab like $40,000 and the school that I went to it doesn't exist anymore really and the the department head that I had she didn't understand credit systems so and she said this in class. She's like, I didn't know what I was talking about. So I just arbitrarily, you know, said this class was one credit and this cra- class was two credits. And so I'm taking a class <coughs> called uh, Theater History and Technique. Yeah. So it's theater history, but also theater technique. So yeah. two classes in one. By rights, I should get six. Okay. But at least three. But I'd be getting two for that one. <laughs> so it took me so, is it so cert- long to get because you need a certain amount of credit hours to graduate. But okay. because she just arbitrarily assigned random, it took me... I'd taken two years in school in Ontario and then I moved out here. Yeah. It took me four years out here just because it took so long to get the required amount of So it was a six-year degree. Yes. And yeah. I'm not even a freaking doctor. <laughs> but I play one on TV. <laughs> one day. I don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Got a face for radio, remember? <laughs> that, that could be your next play, though. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I know you, um, you've been uh, dabbling in uh, stand-up as well. Oh, just like once or twice. Okay. Well, once was amazing. The twice was like, eh, which yeah. I'm assuming is very similar to stand up. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a line you want to go down? It's it's fascinates me, but it's also terrifying. I'm more funny situationally. I can clip onto a situation and be like, ha insert joke here. Yeah. But in terms of writing a series of it, yeah. dang, that's hard. What about hard. like uh, improv or something like that? Oh, yeah. Well, I have the Airdrie Airheads. That's an that's uh, Airdrie's right. improv company. That's right. We're on a hiatus just because I did not have the time and space is a thing and um, try to got to find people, but I want to rebrand it and do more of like, we were doing kind of not quite long form, but we were kind of taking a story and then just improvising through it. Yeah. And it worked one or two times, um, but we needed to change. And yeah. some people didn't necessarily agree with it. So it caused a little bit of a rift. Um, but I want to do more like theater sports, like who's on it did anyway kind yeah, of yeah. thing, because that's I think that's what it. people really like. So. Yeah. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's it's good for all audiences. You can keep it clean if you need to and bring the kids and all that stuff as well. Or not. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. And I sometimes, I did Thanksgiving weekend, I went to Calgary and did uh, an improv dojo with the Kinkanauts, which is an improv group in Calgary. I've never even heard of them. The Kinkanauts. Kinkanauts. That's a great name. Yeah. So it's five bucks to just two hours of doing improv. And it was so much fun. So once I... I'm working on a, I'm in a play right now, so my Saturdays aren't really all that clear. But as soon as they're clear again, I want to go back and just do some improv. And they do classes. So I'd love to take their classes and then be called up to, to nice. do their stuff nice, too. Nice. So, yeah. Do they do this for people to view? Yes. Nice. Yeah. Cool. They're on Facebook. We're going to yeah. have to uh, put a whole bunch of links on this yeah. podcast, make sure we get everyone out there. I, I get it. If you don't uh, if you don't support the arts, they go away. And so yeah. we try to get to as many plays and live yeah. shows that we can. And, well, and people uh, in Airdrie, they want things to do, right? Like there's not a lot to do in Airdrie, really, when you think about it. No. Um, but then you do something and people don't show up. And you're like, okay, what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> 
And maybe you, do, you just have to do these things to get to what you want. What's that Rolling Stone song? You can't always get what you want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, like, I went to this, uh, the museum opened their, their Christmas exhibit. And just, you know, little images of what Christmas was and stuff like that. But there was barely anyone there. Hmm. I was like, come on, like... This is our history. It's a thing never, to do. I never hear about well, the Well, that's the Glen thing, Bo- too. How do you... It's not the Glenbow. It's the Nose Creek Valley Museum. Oh, sorry. No, Nose yeah. Creek, yeah. But they have... They have an aging board. Yeah. They they have an overworked curator yeah. who works only really on administrative stuff, not actually on the fun curating things. But because we don't get the support, they're kind of on that hamster wheel, right? Because yeah. they don't get the support to to fund what they really need to do. They're kind of stuck just sustaining. Yeah, yeah. Which is hard. And then, you know, I did um I did my ghost walks and I always do a survey afterwards. What, what's ghost walks again? So last year it was kind of haunted stories and this year I did living history. Yeah. People wanted more of the haunted stuff. So going forward I'll do more haunted stuff, but yeah. people also want living history. So I'm just gonna branch out. Yeah. Um but um they I asked like how did you find out about this? Was it on Facebook? Was it word of mouth? Was it the City View? Was it Airdrie Echo? And most of it was Facebook or word of mouth. People are not yeah. like, so we have to change our way of informing people. Yeah. We can't stay, stick to the tried true methods. The the paper, unfortunately, I don't think anyone reads anymore when you can. There's two. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't know how they stay in business because I don't know anyone that's reading or who's advertising in it. Well, I don't like reading them per se because there's way more advertisement than there is articles. That's the only way they can say and, business. And unfortunately, it's old news. Yeah. Because news is, it happens now. Well, and it's whereas on Facebook every week. two hours after <laughs> yeah, it happens. Yeah. So how do you compete with that as a paper coming out once exactly. a week? But they're, they're owned by Post Media and I can't think of the other one. Okay. Star or whoever, whoever owns the hair. I don't know. No idea. But, I mean, they've had, you know, layoffs and stuff like that too, right? So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know uh, Nicole used to work for a company that was... She, she writes. I see her writing in there. Once or twice she's got an article. I think she just got her second article yeah. in the Does paper. she get paid for that? I don't think so. It's part of what she has to do oh. as her job. Is oh. She writes articles. She does Facebook posts and all that kind of mm. stuff. The uh, Her her boss is actually in town this week, the, the owner of Simply for Life. And, oh, I didn't uh, realize she was with Simply for Life. Okay. Yeah. And then she's going to come, uh, he's going to come on and tell us about their Simply for Life program. That, well, I did that. It's now nationwide. It's, yeah. um, he, it's expensive. Very, I can't do it. <laughs> they're a very impressive couple. Yeah. Uh, they work really, really hard and they're innovative mm-hmm. and they're up to date. And yeah. so... Uh, I'm super interested in having him on the podcast. I think he just If he wants to me. give away a lifetime thing, you can just... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll see what he wants to do. Maybe we'll get a sponsorship and I'll be part of it. Um, I unfortunately, not unfortunately, I'm fortunately married to a lady that does it for a living, so I yeah, get all free advice. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and it's been really, really good for me. <laughs> um, so yeah. So uh, new book. So you're, you re- released Arthur and Glenn. Right? Gwen, 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 and Arthur. <laughs> However, that totally changes the whole new spokes. Maybe we could have an LGBTQ King Arthur. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> that would be. But no, I did Arthur and Gwen. Um, I find a lot of stories, and some of the ones, some of my favorites, they don't really think too highly of Guinevere, or they just she's just she's just a, a thorn in Arthur's side because she she creates that that triangle with Lancelot. Okay. But I've also read some other books that give her power. So I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Girl Let's power. Give her power. Let's give her power. Let's Beautiful. give her stuff. You know. So that one's out, and you're you're yeah. working on, it's on the Amazon. second one. Yeah. When are you uh, planning on releasing that? <sighs> Don't ask me. 
(laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I should give myself a timeline. Otherwise, it's going to be in purgatory forever. Yeah. Um, Maybe next year. 2019. Cool. Cool, cool. (laughs) Get my my pen to paper. Yeah. So how does it work with uh, with putting a book on Amazon? You got to purchase the all the books and no. So well, um, yes and no. So if you go on Amazon, you can get it over Kindle, or you can just buy it. You could go there right now and say, "I'm going to buy it," and it's going to get shipped to your house. Mm-hmm. Or if I wanted to get a bunch of copies and just sell it at an event, then I only pay like a a very marginal fee. So then I can sell it to you and then make a profit on my end. Okay. So who, who pays for the original books that go into Amazon then? What do you mean? So like if you're selling on Amazon, you got to give them a couple boxes full of books. Nope. No, so I oh, upl- they give digital. me a template. Yeah, it's digital. Okay. So I, I they I follow their template. I choose the image, and I had a local company called Feel Creative, um, yeah. and and they're amazing. They did the the cover art for me. In fact, two of my teen actors were Gwen and Arthur, cool, so Dragos cool. Pernesco and Katrin Decker. I just ran to Drago the other day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So so she uh, Tina at Feel Creative put all that together, and I uploaded that, and then. It's good. Your book's online. Yeah. So no no hard copies of the book. Yes, but you it's print on demand kind of thing. Oh, so okay. yeah. yeah that's so if cool. you were to want if you want it on Kindle, you can get it on Kindle. Yeah. But if you wanted it in trade paperback, yeah. then you could order it and it'll come in. Wow. I yeah. didn't know they did that. I thought yeah. you in my head I just thought like we're we're putting a product on right. Amazon. Um, we have to pre purchase the product. We have to I think it's a little bit different based on what it is because like this is it's digital, right? Like right. I've created the 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 content and the stuff. All they really have to do is provide the printing materials. So they keep Oh, I could be wrong. I think they keep 30% of the profit. So most of it comes back to the author. Um, but it does mean that they're not really going to be going over their head to yeah. to market it. it. It is our responsibility well, to even, do that. Even when you put a regular product on there, you have to get all the reviews. You have oh, to you have do, people. Hey, yeah. yeah, all that's your responsibility to get people. So you move up like an SEO. You move up the to the first page yeah. and the top of the first page based on your reviews, based on um, people that are rating you. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's all the, the visual stuff too, right? Yeah. Like it's got to be visually pleasing yeah, and all that exactly. kind of stuff. And they move you up quite quickly we we know a couple here in town that's quite successful on amazon selling uh makeup products and oh, okay. curling irons and stuff like that oh, okay. we've taken a couple classes of theirs yeah. and so we're looking at uploading uh or uploading uh <laughs> putting a product on uh next year oh. uh supplement on amazon next oh, okay. year so we're super excited about yeah. that. It's a fun business venture. That's not yeah. a lot. So I just thought that the books would be the same thing. No, it's a little bit different. Just, just by na- I think by nature of yeah. it. But I, I wondered though if you. Well, no, because if you printed it off, generally speaking, if you have the opportunity to print it off, you have a publisher. Right. To do that, and yeah. then they probably wouldn't want you to be going on Amazon because they're going to be the one, the one that. Yeah. gets that royalty, not that. I can't imagine publishers even making money with the amount of stuff that's available on Amazon. It's like retail stores, right? Yeah, it, uh, unless so, unless the publisher then sells to Amazon, then there's that agreement there. But that right. probably goes, I don't know how all that works. Yeah, I don't either. So I do know that when I worked at Chapters, and this is why sometimes self-publishing is better, if, you're, if you've got the, the time to market it and you know, do all the things that you need to do. So if you say, say you look at, you have a book called The Book of Trees. Yeah. And um, just for name recognition, Simon & Schuster takes it. And they they order 500 copies. And it gets to, you know, it goes to just one store, just to make it easy. 
but they only sold 250. So the next time they print it, they're only going to sell 100. Mm. So it's that game too, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. That's a hard gig. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of books out there. To, yes, there to, are. <laughs> to, to work up the, yeah. the level where people actually can see it regularly yeah. and, and understand yeah. it. You you really have to do your due diligence. Yeah. Like we're putting a supplement online, which is already a um, maybe a flooded market. Yeah. But not really on Amazon yet. So uh, we're uh, we're hoping that's kind of our um, our in. Yeah. Uh, then also with the supplements, uh, a lot of people were selling on Amazon without. Um, I think it's called an NPM number. It's like a natural natural. It's a number saying that your product has been certified. Oh, basically. okay, right. Uh, natural product number. I think it maybe is the what it stands for. But anyways, you have to have that on your product, and nobody was. But right. we started the process yeah. uh, before we put it on. So, so that's a you know we should have a bit of you. a jump start on that. So uh, yeah. I'll be announcing it when it comes <laughs> out. <laughs> Make sure all the listeners know. Um, well, that was like an hour and a half on wow. here. I uh, time wow. goes by pretty pretty quickly. Yeah. I'm going to uh, get my fit, kids fed because we got a, oh, yeah. uh, we have a workout coming in tonight. Ooh, so I have do, rehearsals uh, tonight. So pad uh, drills and stuff like that. So mm. thank you so much yeah, for totally. coming Thanks out and doing this. Yeah. I'll uh, make sure we uh, upload all of your links when we yeah. put this up. Cool. Do you want to maybe tell people where they can find you if they? Yeah, um, find me best on Facebook.com, Kim and Chill Creations, and then you can link to my store, uh, my website. I don't have a actual domain name because it's like 500 bucks a month. Yeah, yeah. So, but you can find anything of mine if. You you go on Facebook and clip the shop now, anything like that, and any events that I've got coming up, that kind of thing. Beautiful. Yeah. So everyone check that out. Kim, again, thank yeah. you so much. Thank this you. This is uh, Chad with I Want to Know. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to go to our social media pages. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear. We, we love to hear from you guys. Good night, all. <laughs>